Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Today I have a guest and you are really going to enjoy this show because I have Justin Stenstrom with us, and he's going to talk about a, talk to us about not only his show, he has a wonderful show, uh, podcast himself, but he's also going to tell us about his personal journey through depression. So that's coming up in just another couple of minutes. Now, I want to get right to our guest because Justin is a really interesting guy doing a really fun podcast. I've had an opportunity to listen into a couple of his shows. He's a nationally acclaimed life coach. He's a best-selling author. He's a speaker and the creator of his podcast, which is the Elite Man Podcast, where he has interviewed some of the best self-improvement experts in the field. It's really worth checking out. Justin has been transforming the lives of his students for years, and we are really privileged to have you with us today, Justin. Welcome to the show. Hey, Gina. Thanks so much for having me on. I've been a big fan of the Anxiety Coaches podcast for a while, so I'm really excited. Yes, I'm so glad that we could actually get together. It's not always easy to get those schedules together. And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your, you know, uh, your podcast first, and then I'd like to get into your personal journey through overcoming your depression. Sure. So basically the, the podcast, the Elite Man podcast, as you mentioned, uh, it's actually not too different than the show you have now, Gina. We cover a lot of the same topics like anxiety, confidence, uh, getting over things like depression, and just being as healthy and as uh, well, I guess, mentally strong as possible. And we, we, ha- we have guests like you do from time to time, um, you know, best-selling authors or life coaches and things like that who really tackle these issues and help people out. And I think we have some of the best guests in the world that, that really help people out. And I got, got started on my journey, too, because I, I think as, as well as you, um, kind of listening to your backstory from from some of the podcasts I've listened to, uh, went through a, a long period of time where I had anxiety, uh, panic attacks, depression, and just a really awful period of time. And it really took me a while to get over it. But when I figured out some of the key concepts and uh, tools to get over it, I wanted to help other people. And, and so I kind of created my website and, and podcast to do that from that point forward. Beautiful. I know it's kind of how most of us get here, right? We helped ourselves and like all the light bulbs go on and it's like people don't need to suffer. Like if you can get the, if you can get the message out there, you can really help people and eliminate some suffering in the world. Yeah, totally. So as uh, I have in front of me that you have put together nine steps that you personally use to overcome your depression. Would would you care to uh, briefly outline those for us and maybe get us going? Because I'll, what I want to mention is, although our show is the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, I uh, can attest to the fact that many, many people uh, suffer with both depression and anxiety, which you probably well know yourself. And uh, so I think it's really important that we spend a little time and talk about this depression piece today. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right, Gina. So it goes like so hand in hand, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, like they're all under the same umbrella. And I think uh, people like especially listening to this show where it's uh, focused on anxiety and panic attacks can so benefit from learning how to really deal with and overcome depression as well. And like you mentioned, too, I dealt with this so much and it was such a big part of my life that um Actually, you know what? You know what's funny too. Looking over these steps now that I have, a lot of these steps are easily applicable to to getting over anxiety or some of the things I used to do that as well. So I think even people who don't have, say, depression, can use these things for anxiety as well. But uh, just kind of giving you the quick outline, anyways, of of the nine steps. And if you want, you can just kind of ask me more or to elaborate on any one of these. I'll just go through. So just to make sure, like your listeners have all the steps outlined, if they want to maybe write them down or something. Great, Justin. That, thanks. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just go right through the nine of them, and then we can probably talk about some more in, in depth. But the number one thing I think, and and probably in a lot of ways, the most important step. Uh, when you have depression or even anxiety for that for that matter. But the number one thing to, to know is that you're not going crazy and that you're completely normal in this and that there is a solution. So when I got depression, I thought I was going crazy. I thought I might have had, you know, some – and this is back when I was like 18 years old, so I didn't know what the heck was going on. But I thought I might have, you know, had like this crazy mental dis- disorder or something. I was going to end up in a mental institution, mm-hmm. you know, because I was depressed and I had these anxiety and panic attacks. But um, just realizing that a lot of people had, and I went to a therapist for a brief period of time, and um, you know, I ended up realizing that about 20% of people have some sort of anxiety disorder, and I think the number is even a lot higher, maybe even like 30 to 40% have an anxiety or depression disorder at some point in their lives. So just realizing that so many people had it, and a lot of my peers, especially at the time, like friends or whatever, people I knew had this was such a great realization to me. And it was so reassuring to know that I wasn't actually going crazy and that there was a solution out there. And it, and, it, and it's not even just this like one solution that I'm going to talk about today or these nine steps I'm going to talk about today, but there's literally thousands and thousands of solutions and ways to get over depression or anxiety. And I think that's a good realization to know for, for listeners. Um, so that's number one. Number two, and the thing that I did that helped me out a ton it's actually three things I like to talk about in this in this one, but in particular, it's self-hypnosis. And I don't know if you're familiar with self-hypnosis at all, mm-hmm. but it's literally like almost hijacking your subconscious mind, which controls like your emotions and your feelings and, and actually is in control of things like depression and anxiety and, and fears and stuff like that when you get them. Um, but hypnosis or self-hypnosis in particular is, a, is an ability, is, is a technique, a tool that you can use to sort of override the the bad feelings that you're getting, the outputs, the negative outputs that you're getting in your life. And it really taps into your mind and can override those things. And that's self-hypnosis. We can talk about that more. Um, but also the other things that I like to sort of mention that are similar to that in that they sort of relieve stress and kind of give you a, a overall mental well-being are meditation, which is talked about a lot of course, and, and the, the benefits of that, and also yoga, which is sort of like what I like to call moving meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's step number two, hypnosis, meditation, or yoga, using some form of that or even a combination of all three. Um, but in particular, I, I particularly like uh, self-hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Number three, number three is living in the present moment. Um, I'm a big Eckhart Tolle fan. I'm a, I'm a big... Um, you know, living in the now, like living in what's in front of you, living in um, just 
being in the present moment and not worrying about the past or the future, what's going to happen. And in this, a lot of people who deal with anxiety or have depression are typically worried about what's going to happen in the future and it's causing them stress and fears and things like that to occur. And, you know, it, it, it forms in the, in, the, in the shape of anxiety or panic attacks or they're worrying about the past and, they're, you know, thinking about what they missed out on or what they didn't do or what they should have done. Um, and, and that's where you get your depression from. If you're living in the present moment, all you have is what's in front of you. And it's really, it's a really important mind shift when you can really kind of get your head around that concept of just living in, in what you see in front of you and what's happening right now. That's step number three. Step number four is exercising. And I think we all know how important exercise is and how you know beneficial it can be to our lives and our health. And uh, I think a, a lot of people, of course, when you're depressed, you kind of you kind of get sad or you get down or you got you, you, you have to think about things that aren't going well. And then, you know, you get lazy or you get into the mindset where that you can't control things. You can't uh, actively make a change when you go out and exercise and, you know, exercise three to four times a week or even, you know, five times a week. And you, you, you start to get out there and like literally move around and just make things happen in your life, like literally move around and, and get your body moving. Um, not only does that change your biochemistry, like your hormones and, uh, you know, your body fat and your, your brain health, all that other stuff, but it also changes your mental health and that you get um, you get a feeling of or, or like an idea inside or not an idea, but uh, I guess a realization that you're actually moving around and you are in a lot more control of your life than you actually realize. And it's a really important concept, too, to get around. And not like I not mentioned, not only the, the biochemistry of what's going on in your brain and all the benefits it has, but also just that mindset as well of like consciously um, making a change in your life and, and getting around to exercising. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 face moisturizer and OS1 eye cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Um, step number five, and, and just, you know, feel free to just jump in, uh, Gina, at any point if you want to cut me off. On <laughs> well, they're all so good. Like, we could do a podcast about each one of these, Justin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I mean, literally, I talk about this stuff on my show all the time, and I, I'll, I'll bring on guests just, like, for, specifically for, like, one of these topics, like you said. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so step number five is improving your sleep. And I actually just, <laughs> funny, I just recorded a show uh, like two days ago on, on sleep benefits and how to improve your sleep. But uh, most people don't sleep enough or they don't sleep optimally. Like they don't have the, the right conditions of sleep. They don't train their bodies to to um, to sleep effectively. Like they'll, for instance, they'll go on like their laptop or, you know, they'll stay up and do work on their bed or um, keep the lights on too late or they, they just have or, or have your cell phone on, you know, ring mode um, and it interrupts them when they get like a text during the middle of the night. Like shutting all those things off, having good sleep, what I call hygiene, sleep hygiene mm-hmm. is so important. And then, of course, getting that seven to nine hours of sleep, which a lot of people miss out on, especially in like our Western society where it's always go, go, go. And, you know, microwave society that we live in, it's so important to actually Give your body that time to just relax and heal itself when it's in sleep. I think your body does the most healing while it's sleeping, and especially the brain. Absolutely. Um, yeah, especially the brain, you know, just heals while it's sleeping. So it's important to, to do that. That's step number five is improving your sleep and optimizing it seven to nine hours of sleep if possible every single night. Um, step number six, and this is something I know you're big on, Gina, as well. Uh, it's improving your diet. You're a nutritionist, I, I believe, right? Yes. Yep. So, I mean, you know better than me how important and how like dramatic an improved diet can be in your life. And it's just so it's so critical to have those good fats, the good protein, the the good types of carbs, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the complex carbs instead of the the simple sugars and Mm -hmm. simple carbs that a lot of people have. Uh, Step number seven is take supplements when necessary or if you Mm -hmm. think that they're going to benefit you. And there are a good a good amount of natural supplements that can do wonders for depression um, and, and even anxiety. Things like magnesium, vitamin D, fish oil, B-complex, all totally safe and really effective, you know, from a lot of studies out there. Uh, number eight is getting out and socializing. And this is so important as human beings to, to connect with other human beings. And um, I know even for me, just like kind of being an entrepreneur and working online, doing podcasting all the time. Sometimes I get stuck in my little cubicle, you know, office and it's tough for me. Even I feel like a little down when I'm not out socializing with other people. And I just kind of always have to kind of remind myself to like go out, socialize, even if I have to get out of the house for an hour, go out and just talk to people because it's so incredible for your health. And uh, number nine, the final thing, the final step I like to include is finding a purpose. Mm-hmm. A lot of people a lot of people who are depressed, Gina, have no sort of um, purpose. They have no direction and they don't know what they're doing or what, why they're here on earth. Like what is their big purpose? Like what, why, why would they put on this earth? I mean, everybody, in my opinion, and I truly believe this, has a calling. They have a, a purpose for being alive. And I think too many people don't consciously think about what they want to do or why they're here. And I think like slowly over time, this this kind of eats away at people or they kind of feel lost or they feel like they're not important. Um, and it's important. It, it's so important to really consciously think about this from time to time and figure out where you're going with your life, where you want to go, what interests you, what you love to do. Um, you know, if, if you can help other people, those things are so critical, I think, to finding happiness and getting over depression. And that's uh, that's really the nine steps in a nutshell. And, and I know it's kind of a lot and I kind of been talking a lot. So if you have anything you want to add, uh, you know, just let me know if, I, if you wanted me to elaborate on any one of those. Well, actually, you know, those are a, a wonderful uh, list of 
Every single thing you mentioned is extremely important. Um, I think that people kind of blow off things, uh, kind of say, well, that's not so important or I do that or, but they kind of do it half-heartedly mm-hmm. uh, because we live very busy lives. So, uh, like I said, each one of those steps could be a podcast in themselves. So what I'd <laughs> like to, so what I'd like to, uh, you and I talk about a little bit together here is, uh, through your experience and the experience that I've had, what is the, why people have such resistance, Justin? Why do people resist these changes that they need to do to heal? You know, Gina, I think the reason that people do that is I, I just think it's easier to not put in the work to, to overcome these problems. I think it's easier, honestly, and it's sad. It's, it's, it's sad to say, but I think it's easier to just go to, go to the doctor and, um, you know, take antidepressants or take anti, anti-anxiety medication and just kind of let, um, the doctor tell you what's right or, or, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, in, in a nutshell. Like, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that if you need that. But I think most people, don't need that. And I think too many people take it when they don't have to. And I think it's because it's the easier way to do it. I think it's like these nine steps I outlined, like you just said, uh, people don't want to do that because it takes time. This isn't an overnight solution. It's not going to happen, you know, in a couple of days. It, it takes, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months of really trying and, and actively making that effort and consciously doing it every day. Like for instance, um, the self-hypnosis, that's, that's every single day for 30 minutes. It's, it's not a lot of amount of time in my opinion, but for someone who's not used to dedicating an extra 30 minutes, uh, each day, or even, you know, the exercise one where you're going to the gym for an hour, it's an extra hour and a half. If you add the two up right there and it's going to do wonders for your life. But I think so many people kind of think, well, maybe it doesn't, it's not going to work for me or, you know, maybe I'll try it for a day and then, you know, they want it to happen overnight. And it's sad to say, but I think people live on that kind of overnight uh, magic bullet sort of mindset where they want it to happen fast. Yeah, I like the phrase that you used earlier, the microwave mentality or the microwave society. Uh, Because the reality is that we can heal this and clear it and live amazing lives. Uh, But it does take time and self-reflection this you know number nine finding a purpose you know you got to dig down inside there and and look at your life a little bit uh to get that and i think there's some fear around looking deeply sometimes do you have you found that with clients or with your uh interviewing oh yeah absolutely i mean um through my clients especially it's like a lot of the time uh, I do I do life coaching you know confidence coaching getting over anxiety this stuff we're talking about I also do dating coaching Um, and a lot of the time it's just like people don't want to um, look at themselves like really take an honest deep look at themselves what they want who they are what they like what they don't like and where they're going and I think I think it's because, for one, like you said, which I think is a great point, it's it's tough to do. It's kind of hard to be 100% honest with yourself. Mm. And and then again, I think it's also just a lot of work that people don't want to to do. Like, I mean, people are people are busy. Let's face it. Everyone you ask them, you know, if you have time to do this or if you have an extra time to do that, everyone says they're busy. Everyone's the busiest person in their own mind, and they don't have you know any extra hour to spare out of the day. And you know, sometimes that's true, and sometimes, well, a lot of the time it's not. And and even me. Like, I, I think I'm a pretty busy guy, but, 
even if I wanted to go out and, and dedicate a couple extra hours out of the week to something, I could do it because everyone, I think, when it's something important, can make that time to do it. I, but it's it's so easy, and I, and I think everybody falls for this trap. Or like, instead of like doing meditation or something, or like inner, you know, actively thinking about what you want, what your goals are, what your purpose is. I think it's easier to just hop on Facebook and look at some you know statuses from random yeah. friends or people you don't know than to actually take that time and do it. And um, yeah, I think I think that's why. Yeah, absolutely. The um, the electronics have really pulled us away from uh, any self reflection. I even know now that I see people on the beach uh, for a beach walk or a beach run, and they're you know they have their uh, earbuds in. Hopefully, they're listening to one of our podcasts. But <laughs> the reality is, you need some time where you're not even doing that, where you're not listening to a book, or you're not listening to uh, even a very interesting podcast, something that is uh, to help you change your life. You need time to just be. Uh, and I know that you're a big Eckhart Tolle fan, and so am I. I've been following Eckhart for probably 20 years now. And um, it really is that simple. His message is so simple but so profound that mm-hmm. when you get it, it really shakes your life. Yeah, I, lo- I love that you're a big Eckhart Tolle fan, Gina. I, I appreciate that so much. And uh you know, a couple of you, my girlfriend actually mentioned this a few weeks ago, because I still I still listen to him all the time. And mm-hmm. um, some people love him. And I think some people can't uh, whatever for whatever reason, they can't like stand his voice or whatever. He's very monotone. He's very plain. But I personally love that. I think it's like relaxing. I think it's like meditative. And I'll, like you said, I'll, I'll put it put him on in my ears and, you know, have earbuds and listen to him for like an hour. And I just honestly feel like it's like a meditative thing for me where I can just like tune in and I'm like listening to him. And, you know, he's got that very sort of um, monotone, not exciting, but like so profound and so yeah. wise voice and just wisdom that he, that he, you know, talks about. And it's just so cool that, um, that you can do that. Or if it's not him, it's somebody else, you know, it's a Tony Robbins or something like that, where you can just get so much wisdom and, and, and learn so much by listening to people like that who know, um, you know about the same things we're talking about here. Yeah. And to actually be able to get it, that it is simple and that you need to simply be, you need to be in the moment. You need to just be here. Um, and, we don't seem to have that uh, time is what I'm hearing from clients. No time. Uh, A lot of resistance, the resistance, the even, uh, so there's a resistance to changing time and, or changing things that require time. But there's also a resistance to, uh, you know, I'm looking at some things on your list that maybe don't require a lot of time. Like let's take diet, Justin. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the things that, uh, because I'm hoping that, if people are listening to this, that they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm one of those people who's resisting. Like, and just it's not a judgment. It's a call to take a moment and ask why. Why? Why don't mm-hmm. I want to try that? You know, we can always just try things. Because it doesn't take a whole lot of time to change your diet. Usually just swapping out one thing for another. And um, what do you find with the changing of the diet and where there's some resistance, let's say perhaps for eliminating uh, the simple carbs, which would be the sugars and processed foods? What what do people give you as the reasons for not wanting to do it? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, like you said, it's not a big time commitment with that one. It's it's more of, um, I think it's like a change, uh, um, an opposition to change. Like they, they love their ice cream, they love their bread, they love their, uh, you know, snacks. And I think it's sort of like the lifestyle that, that we're, ask, we're, we're asking them to, I guess, adopt. And it's, it's like people, I think human beings just innately, no matter what it is, we're resistant to change. And I think maybe it goes back, you know, 100,000 years where it was, you know, our, our, our great ancestors who were, you know, living in caves and they didn't want to travel to the other side of, uh, you know, the, the country because they didn't know what was there. Maybe they, they had fears of it and they just knew what was, you know, what, what they were used to or what they liked and, you know, what they could do in front of them or, they were used to eating those types of foods. Maybe it's just kind of like biologically written into us. But a lot of the time, it's not, and especially in this day and age, it's not, uh, it doesn't work out to our benefit that, that we have that resistance. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of these people just kind of resist putting in that effort. And it's not a time effort in this one, but it is, it is a mental effort and it is, um, a conscious effort. And it is like going to the store and, and shopping and potentially paying, you know, maybe a couple more dollars to eat a little healthier. Or um, cutting out your favorite snack, which gives you, you know, that high in serotonin as soon as you're finished with it. Uh, it is an effort in that sense, and I think it's an effort that a lot of people resist making. Mm, yeah. And one of the ways I've found that people were willing to, to make that change and, and push through the resistance, Justin, was by kind of informing them that what our foods are right now, the processed foods I'm talking about, anything in a package or a box or that's already prepared, is full of uh, ingredients that cause us to crave, that light up the parts of our brain that are reward centers. And it makes us go back to them over and over again. And I found that when people hear that, they're a little bit more apt to give a little pushback, like to the food industry, right? Like, oh, I'm not going to let you do that to me, right? <laughs> and once they make a little bit of a break, you give yourself two weeks without that stuff, you don't crave it anymore. You don't need it. You don't miss the the flash in the pan good feeling because you're feeling good all the time. So I think resistance is so real, and sometimes we just need to give people uh, a little bit of a reason to give pushback. So um, yeah. let's just look at one more of these here and see if we can't see. How about the resistance to the seven to nine hours of sleep? Because, buddy, you're talking my language here. I <laughs> I do best on nine hours of sleep. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I do. Uh, I think I do. Bad, and this is kind of like something I'm going back and forth with, too, because sometimes I feel better at like eight hours of sleep, even eight and like eight and a half. Mm -hmm. But then, but then weirdly, I feel pretty good at like seven hours of sleep. Um, but so it's something I'm trying to figure out to myself. But then, you know, you know, what's kind of funny is, um, the seven hours of sleep, I feel like I have a little more energy throughout the day. And when I do that, I'm good for a few days, but I feel like a couple days later, I need like a longer hour. I need like a nine hours of sleep. And it's kind of weird. Maybe my body's kind of like kicking in or something. Like I really need a good rest, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, the resistance for that, I mean, it's literally, I think people are so go, go, go all the time and they have to do emails and they have to stay up late or, you know, they're, they're up watching, the, you know, TV, a special on TV or their favorite show. And then they have to get up six in the morning for work the next day or they're going out even, you know, on the weekends 
and um, staying out late, and they kind of mess up. They they kind of mess up their sleep um, by staying out and kind of overdoing it. Uh, and I think the resistance for that is people want to get so much done, and there's only a certain amount of time throughout the day that they can do that. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, and like you said too, it's that microwave society that we're living in. We want to get so many things done. We want to do things so quickly. And it's like, nobody has time for sleep anymore. It's like, we're almost cutting that out of like our whole, uh, our whole uh, way of living. It's like we're sleeping. And actually I saw a study the other day where I think a hundred years ago, we slept on average an, a full hour more. Wow. Um, and it, it makes a lot of sense too, with like, you know, the, the longer work day and, the uh, later like TV schedule and the fact that we have uh, artificial light, yeah. uh, those things that we can actually use. Cause back in the day it was, you know, farmers and, and that was pretty much it. They all worked around like the, the, the clock of, of when the, the sun. sun came up, yeah. the sun came up, you were out working. And when it went down, you went to sleep. There was no artificial light. You know, they had little candles and stuff like that, but they weren't staying up all night on their laptops or reading all night. Um, yeah. and, and I think a lot of people are resistant to that because they're so used to doing it and they're so like, like all their friends are doing, it. everybody's doing that now where they're just staying up so late and giving themselves not enough time to sleep. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, but once you break out of it, just like all of these that you gave us, once you get it, you really, you start aligning these nine uh, tips, these steps that you gave uh, to the listeners. It's amazing. You really will not want to go back because you'll start feeling very, very, very different. And so I think you have a lot of stuff that people might be interested in. So why don't you tell everybody how they can find you and, um, you know, what's the best best way to get in touch with you. Hey, thanks, Dean. I really appreciate that. Um, guys, if you're listening and you want to check out more about me, I just came out with a new show on iTunes called The Justin Stenstrom Show. It's J-U-S-T-I-N for Justin, and the last name is S-T-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. If you guys want to check that out right now and subscribe to the show, that'd be totally great and i'd really appreciate it we, we we talk as i mentioned earlier we have the elite man podcast this the show right now the justin stenstrom show that just came out is uh the same sort of concept where we cover a lot of these anxiety and confidence and just wellness and health tips um but it's also like another sort of step up from what we are doing with the elite man podcast and i think it's bigger better the, the guests are better the content's better um, so check it out if you get a chance and subscribe to the show. And um, Gina, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciated it. Oh, Justin, it was a delight to have you. And I want everyone to know I will have all of Justin's links available in the show notes. So be sure to go there and check out how you can get in touch with Justin. Thanks again, Justin. Thank you, Gina. I really appreciate it. Today's quote Good humor is a tonic for mind and body. It is the best antidote for anxiety and depression. It is a business asset. It attracts and keeps friends. It lightens human burdens. It directs. It is the direct route to serenity and contentment. And that's from Grenville Klesser. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.